Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Friday, May 1st, 2020. And yesterday was another solid recruiting day for the Big Ten because multiple schools grabbed commitments. And we'll start off with who I believe is the best commitment of the day yesterday, and that's Indiana going to Michigan and getting running back David Holloman. Uh, Holloman is a solid prospect, uh, 5'11", 189 pounds, had offers from Maryland, Nebraska, Rutgers, Washington State, West Virginia. A good running back for Tom Allen, and that's all about depth. Uh, they, they need to add depth. They, uh, they have a starter in Stevie Scott. He's going to be a junior. Uh, and then... You know, you've got some solid guys behind him. And, uh, you know, you have to continue to add depth, add depth, add depth. And that's what Tom Allen's doing. And I think that that is the one thing that has changed since he really has started got the groove going for the Hoosiers. Because Tom Allen realizes that the recruiting is huge for Indiana. They can have eight win seasons. That is in the realm of possibilities for the Hoosiers. And that's exactly how Tom Allen sees it. And I don't disagree with him. I think that Indiana has a solid opportunity to be a decent team. I don't think they'll ever really challenge the conference for a Big Ten title on a regular basis. Now, there's clearly times where they could have like a one-off where everything comes together. They you know run through the conference. Maybe a couple teams are down a little bit. And Indiana makes a run at it. But I do think that there's a possibility that they can consistently be a bull team. They can consistently win eight, nine games. And on top of that, just overall be a pest in the Big Ten. They're not going to be the Hoosiers of the 90s where it's like, oh, W, that's a W, that's a W. These Indiana Hoosiers, they're not a rollover team to beat. And so uh, I think that that is uh, really good. Um you know, like I said, uh, Stevie Scott, and then you got Samson James behind him, and then uh, Samson James almost transferred. Remember that. James put his name in the portal and wanted to see what was going on, and, and I'm not sure if he had a conversation with Tom Allen. I don't know if he realized that, you know what, Stevie Scott's going to get a lot of the carries, but hey, you know what, Samson James, you're a damn good running back too because when Stevie Scott got injured last year, James is the one that filled in for him, and I think that when you look at the landscape of football and not just the NFL and college, you're looking at football everywhere right now. There are a lot of teams that are going with a two-back system. You, you want two guys that are able to do it because uh, one single workhorse, you know, say that player gets injured, then you're, you're, you're not looking good. So having multiple backs being able to come in and contribute, I think that's huge, and that's exactly what Tom Allen's doing and a solid commit of David Holloman. Michigan State went out to Florida, grabbed defensive back Charles Brantley, their 10th commitment of this class. Ten commitments for Michigan State and Mel Tucker already. Tucker has really hit the ground running, recruiting, and Brantley, like I said, 10th commitment for the 2021 class at six foot, 160 pounds, a little bit slight. Uh, had offers from Florida State, Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers, Virginia. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on this Florida State one whether it was a committable offer or not. Uh, but when you're a Florida guy and you get a, a Florida State offer, that's that's pretty big, uh, regardless of whether it's committable or it was contingent on going to a camp, which clearly they can't do right now. But Regardless, Michigan State's getting a good defensive back. 
good size. You're going to have to clearly add on some weight to that frame. A little bit slight at 160 pounds, but he's got a couple of years to add some weight, potentially get to 170, 175 by the time he arrives in East Lansing. And then Brantley, when he gets into the strength and conditioning, should be able to put on a good 5, 8, 10, 15 pounds potentially. Uh, six foot, you know, 190, 195, maybe even 200 pounds. That's a solid defensive back. So I think that Mill Tucker is getting a pretty good one here in Charles Brantley out of Florida. Surprise, surprise, the Fighting Illini. Guess what they did yesterday? They got another transfer. And this time they're going to Mississippi State and getting offensive lineman Brevin Jones. Uh, Jones has four years of eligibility remaining, but at the current moment, who knows whether or not he will be given the immediate eligibility by the NCAA. If he is not, then he is going to have to sit out a year, so he loses a year of eligibility there because that's just how the NCAA works. But again, Lovey Smith dipping his fingers into the transfer portal and grabbing another player. Now, this one a little bit different than a graduate transfer. Some of the graduate transfers that Lovey's gotten are one and done, guys that don't stick around the program. Well, like I said, Jones has a lot of time and eligibility remaining. So this is a guy that can stay in your system, that can continue to develop and potentially help down the road, depending on how the NCAA ultimately ends up deciding whether or not Jones will be able to go. Now, for me, again, I I think that this is better than a regular transfer, a grad transfer. But again, Lovey Smith is, you know, I'd rather see commits coming out of high school for the 2021 class, not necessarily always going into the transfer portal. Because, yeah, th there's a ton of good players in the transfer portal. A lot of those guys clearly have been in a strength and conditioning program. They've gone through college football. So the experience isn't new to them, which it is for incoming freshmen. But I just feel like incoming freshmen, you're setting the ground. You're you're already giving them an opportunity to come in, potentially play, get better, and be on the campus for three to four years. The transfers, I'm, I like it, but I think it needs to be augmented in with recruiting. I think that you need to pick and choose guys where you have smaller depth on your chart and then say, all right, well, I need to go and get, you know, an offensive lineman, a defensive end, a linebacker through the transfer portal to help for this year because I've got a young guy that's committed to my class who could be ready when he arrives on campus. But I want to have a little bit of insurance so that if he's not ready and able to contribute right away and he's probably looking at a year or two years down the road, would rather get that guy that I know is going to help this year. So augmenting to me is the best idea for transfers along top of your recruiting class. And I think Lovey Smith, uh, you know, he needs to look himself in the mirror and probably say, you know what, the transfers are great, but I need to build recruiting classes with high school recruits. And that will go a long way because what you're looking at it is you're building relationships with players in the state, out of the state, with high schools. And you know what? There are some pipeline schools, and those schools will continue to push out talent. And I think the Fighting Illini, uh, like I've said yesterday, they've, they, they miss out on a lot of high-end Illinois talent going to other schools. They need to keep some of those guys home. You can't expect a guy like 
for example, Luke Ford to go to Georgia from Illinois and then ultimately transfer back. Do you think that A.J. Henning, who is a Michigan freshman right now, well, who will be soon en- enrolled, you know, I'm not sure if he's an early enrollee or not. Well, regardless, he was the best senior prospect in Illinois last year going to Michigan. This year, their best senior prospect, J.J. McCarthy, five-star quarterback, also going to Michigan. David Davidkoff, an offensive tackle, local. Now, granted, northern suburbs, the suburbs of Chicago, completely a different area than where Champaign is a couple hours away, but still, you've got high-end level talent inside your state, and you're letting other teams come in there and poach it. Lovey Smith has to do a better job of locking that down. Now, they're not like Northwestern with higher academic standards, so they can't take some of these guys that might not qualify. But still, I think they need to go and go out and really recruit the state. Put a lock around Illinois. Pick and choose who you want. And then go out and get your transfers to add on the class. So, although... It's a solid addition in Jones. I still think that Lovey Smith and the Fighting Illini, they need to take a look into really changing the way that they go about recruiting at the current moment. Because I, honestly, I don't think that this way is sustainable for very much longer for, for Lovey Smith. They, they need to change. They need to get 18 to 20 guys in a recruiting class. They can't get 12 or 13 and then have all these transfers. I don't. I just don't think that it, it works out well because look at what happened with Ole Batiku. Uh, Batiku came over from USC. That one of the USC trio ended up playing for a partial year, got hurt. At uh, one point in time, was leading the nation in sacks, and then leaves to the NFL. That's not helping your long term. That's helping that. That's a stopgap. That's that's not what the Fighting Illini need. They need guys that are going to be on campus for three, four, five years in order to help them win those games over a longer period of time. That's why I'm a little bit critical of that. But again, still a solid addition in former Mississippi State offensive lineman Brevin Jones for the Fighting Illini. A little bit of news coming out of Iowa as the state is starting to integrate regular businesses back with the COVID-19 stay-at-home warning. Uh, At the end of, or I guess the middle of May, they're going to start kind of pushing a lot more businesses, pushing a lot more businesses. And what is expected in June on the 1st is that Iowa expects that they're going to open up everything and they're going to have practices resumed. So that is a very, very positive sign for potentially getting college football to play this year. And I, I love it. I, I think that this is, uh, you know, a really good sign. Now, again, it's a, they have a national emergency right now, right now right now so they're looking at 30 days away and i i'm not sure if that's reasonable i i i i I like the fact that they are trying to stay upbeat and positive about the whole situation and potentially be open but who knows things can change quickly yes the curve is starting to go down however it it is very much state to state Uh, each state has different needs that they need to accomplish right now and it looks like uh, Iowa is headed towards potentially reopening some businesses I know Georgia has reopened some businesses as well and the economy looks like it's going to start to pick up and 
sports is part of that, and uh, there's potential that we actually might see college football this year so that's uh, definitely a positive sign moving forward espn updated their fpi this morning uh, and they gave percentage chances for teams to make the college football playoff and to no one's surprise the buckeyes have the highest chance in the big 10 at 64 percent but here's the kicker they've got with the fourth highest percentage to do this are the Wisconsin Badgers at 33%. And that, I think, is very interesting because you've got a loss of Jonathan Taylor. You've got Quintez Cephas moving on to the NFL. Aaron Cruikshank going to the NFL as well. You lost Zach Bond. On top of that, you're losing uh, a fantastic offensive lineman in Tyler Biotish. There's a lot of guys that and big-time contributors that Wisconsin's going to be missing and that they're going to have to replace this coming year. And I'm a little bit surprised that they're that ESPN's really high on them. Because, yeah, they're bringing back Jack Cohn, but uh, Jack Cohn to me is not a game-breaker. I think that they have a game-breaker on their roster, and that's Graham Mertz, who's sitting behind him. But with how Cohen was able to play last year, I think that uh, you're looking at the fact that you know ESPN just says, hey, you know, Stats-wise, he performed fairly well, uh, but I think that a lot of it had to do with the fact that he's turning around and handing the ball off to arguably one of the best all-time Wisconsin running backs. Now, there's a long lineage of Wisconsin running backs starting off uh, early 2000s with you know Ron Dane, you have uh, Monte Ball. There's a ton of them that are in there, and Jonathan Taylor is definitely in that mix. I think that their offense is going to take a little step back. You're losing a lot of production on there, and I just don't think that they're going to be able to sustain that. The other team that was ranked here by ESPN and their FPI was Penn State. They have a 23% chance of making the college football playoffs. So uh, three Big Ten teams have pretty good chances to make the college football playoff. All right, one note out on the basketball side of things, as Peter Kiss will transfer out of Rutgers. Uh, Kiss was... A player his freshman year who contributed a lot, got a chance to play, and really did some good things. And then his sophomore year really didn't play a lot. Uh, I think Steve Pykel, I'm not quite sure exactly what happened. Lost a bit of a faith in Kiss. And uh, towards the end of the season when uh, Geo Baker got injured uh, and Kiss was potentially a guy that would come and, and play, really didn't get that opportunity. So uh, I completely understand where Kiss is coming from. When you go into a program and you contribute your freshman year, you kind of expect to contribute your whole career there. And then you come your sophomore year and you don't really play. That's a message that you don't like to see and you just, you know what, I'm going to move on. So I uh, completely understand Kiss's move. And, you know, uh, th it is what it is. Uh, it opens up a scholarship for Rutgers and Steve Pykel. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Give me a follow again on Twitter at MikeFChen. Follow the show site as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great weekend, Big Ten fans. I'll talk to you on Monday morning.